Chapter Twenty Four of K. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Dahlman. K. By Mary Roberts Reinhardt. Chapter Twenty Four. Carlotta dressed herself with unusual care, not in black this time, but in white she coiled her yellow hair in a soft knot at the back of her head and she resorted to the faintest shading of rouge she intended to be gay cheerful the ride was to be a bright spot in wilson's memory he expected recriminations she meant to make him happy that was the secret of the charm some women had for men they went to such women to forget their troubles she set the hour of the meeting at nine when the late dusk of summer had fallen and she met him then smiling a faintly perfumed white figure slim and young with a thrill in her voice that was only half assumed it's very late he complained surely you're not going to be back at ten i have special permission to be out late good and then recollecting their new situation we have a lot to talk over it will take time at the white springs hotel they stopped to fill the gasoline tank of the car joe drummond saw wilson there in the sheet-iron garage alongside of the road the wilson car was in shadow it did not occur to joe that the white figure in the car was not sydney he went rather white and stepped out of the zone of light the influence of lemoyne was still on him however he went on quietly with what he was doing but his hand shook as he filled the radiator when wilson's car had gone on he automatically went about his preparations for the return trip lifted the seat cushion to investigate his own store of gasoline replacing carefully the revolver he always carried under the seat and packed in waste to prevent its accidental discharge lighted his lamps examined a loose brake band his coolness gratified him he had been an ass lemoyne was right he'd get away to cuba if he could and start over again he would forget the street and let it forget him the men in the garage were talking to schwitters of course one of them grumbled we might as well go out of business there's no money in running a straight place schwitter and half a dozen others are getting rich that was wilson the surgeon in town he cut off my brother-in-law's leg charged him as much as if he had grown a new one for him he used to come here now he goes to schwitter's like the rest pretty girl he had with him you can bet on wilson so max wilson was taking sydney to schwitter's making her the butt of garage talk the smiles of the men were evil joe's hands grew cold his head hot a red mist spread between him and the line of electric lights he knew schwitter's and he knew wilson he flung himself into the car and threw the throttle open the car jerked stalled you can't start it like that son one of the men remonstrated you let her in too fast you go to hell joe snarled and made a second ineffectual effort thus adjured the men offered neither further advice nor assistance the minutes went by in useless cranking fifteen the red mist grew heavier every lamp was a danger signal but when Kay, growing uneasy came out into the yard the engine had started at last he was in time to see joe run his car into the road and turn it viciously towards switters carlotta's nearness was having its calculated effect on max wilson his spirits rose as the engine marking perfect time carried them along the quiet roads partly it was a reaction relief that she should be so reasonable so complacent a sort of holiday spirit after a day's hard work oddly enough and not so irrational as it may appear sydney formed part of the evening's happiness 
that she loved him that back in the lecture-room eyes and even mind on the lecturer her heart was with him so with sydney as the basis of his happiness he made the most of his evening's freedom he sang a little in his clear tenor even once when they had slowed down at a crossing bent over audaciously and kissed carlotta's hand in the full glare of a passing train how reckless of you i like to be reckless he replied his boyishness annoyed carlotta she did not want the situation to get out of hand moreover what was so real for her was only too plainly a lark for him she began to doubt her power the hopelessness of her situation was dawning on her even when the touch of her beside him and the solitude of the country roads got in his blood and he bent toward her she found no encouragement in his words i'm mad about you to-night she took her courage in her hands then why give me up for someone else that's different why is it different i am a woman i-i love you max no one else will ever care as i do you are in love with the lamb that was a trick i'm sorry max i don't care for anyone else in the world if you let me go i'll want to die then he was silent if you'll marry me i'll be true to you all my life i swear it there will be nobody else ever the sense if not the words of what he had sworn to sydney that sunday afternoon under the trees on this very road swift shame overtook him that he should be here that he had allowed carlotta to remain in ignorance of how things really stood between them i'm sorry carlotta it's impossible i'm engaged to marry someone else sydney page almost a whisper yes he was ashamed at the way she took the news if she had stormed or wept he would have known what to do but she sat still not speaking you must have expected it sooner or later still she made no reply he thought she might faint and looked at her anxiously her profile indistinct beside him looked white and drawn but carlotta was not fainting she was making a desperate plan if their escapade became known it would end things between sydney and him she was sure of that she needed time to think it out it must become known without any apparent move on her part if for instance she became ill and was away from the hospital all night that might answer the thing would be investigated and who knew the car turned in at schwitter's road and drew up before the house the narrow porch was filled with small tables above which hung rows of electric lights enclosed in japanese paper lanterns midweek which had found the white springs hotel almost deserted saw schwitter's crowded tables set out under the trees seeing the crowd wilson drove directly to the yard and parked his machine no need of running any risk he explained to the still figure beside him we can walk back and take a table under the trees away from those infernal lanterns she reeled a little as he helped her out not sick are you i'm dizzy i'm all right she looked white he felt a stab of pity for her she leaned rather heavily on him as they walked toward the house the faint perfume that had almost intoxicated him earlier vaguely irritated him now at the rear of the house she shook off his arm and preceded him around the building she chose the end of the porch as the place in which to drop and went down like a stone falling back there was a moderate excitement the visitors at schwitter's were too much engrossed with themselves to be much interested she opened her eyes almost as soon as she fell to forestall any test she was shrewd enough to know that wilson would detect her malingering very quickly and begged to be taken into the house i feel very ill she said 
and her white face bore her out schwitter and bill carried her in and up the stairs to one of the newly furnished rooms the little man was twittering with anxiety he had a horror of knockout drops and the police they laid her on the bed her hat beside her and wilson stripping down the long sleeve of her glove felt her pulse there's a doctor in the next town said schwitter i was going to send for him anyhow my wife's not very well i'm a doctor is it anything serious nothing serious he closed the door behind the relieved figure of the landlord and going back to carlotta stood looking down at her what did you mean by doing that doing what you were no more faint than i am she closed her eyes i don't remember everything went black the lanterns he crossed the room deliberately and went out closing the door behind him he saw at once where he stood in what danger if she insisted that she was ill and unable to go back there would be a fuss the story would come out everything would be gone schwitter's of all places at the foot of the stairs schwitter pulled himself together after all the girl was only ill there was nothing for the police he looked at his watch the doctor ought to be here by this time it was sooner than they had expected even the nurse had not come till he was alone out in the harness room he looked through the crowded rooms at the overflowing porch with its travesty of pleasure and he hated the whole thing with a desperate hatred another car would they never stop coming but perhaps it was the doctor a young man edged his way into the hall and confronted him two people just arrived here a man and a woman in white where are they it was trouble then after all upstairs first bedroom to the right his teeth chattered surely as a man sowed he reaped joe went up the staircase at the top on the landing he confronted wilson he fired at him without a word saw him fling up his arms and fall back striking first the wall then the floor the buzz of conversation on the porch suddenly ceased joe put his revolver in his pocket and went quietly down the stairs the crowd parted to let him through carlotta crouched in her room listening not daring to open the door heard the sound of a car as it swung out into the road End of chapter twenty four